welcome to the Seattle Coffee Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, and joining me uh, as often uh, is Jake. How's it going, Jake? Hey, Pat. It's going well. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, it is finally getting a little bit chilly, uh, chillier around these parts. I can't remember if I talked about this last time, but uh, it's getting a little cold outside. We still haven't seen any snow. Some friends down in Portland mentioned that they got some snow uh, over the weekend. but Yeah, I was looking on the forecast um, actually yesterday, and it looks like we may have a white Christmas. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I um, A lot of people that I know do not like the the snow but i am from the midwest and i it's not the holiday season at all to me if there is not snow on the ground so i'm i'm glad to hear it um hopefully that the, there won't be too much crazy driving around that though yeah yeah the thing about seattle or the seattle area where we are is is basically two inches of snow is like 20 feet in a lot of areas in terms of how well absolutely it's maintained yeah and a lot of people don't realize we have to drive up like 30 degree oh yeah hills that's sometimes that's the thing it's not even so much that i uh pick on people because you know it's driving in in on icy snowy roads is dangerous no matter what but it's the 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 inclines that there's mm-hmm. so much of that you know in in like michigan there's not as much there's some hills but it's not as as much as here so it's a lot easier but yeah for sure sometimes it's also people trying to go really fast on flat icy roads and it's like that's not gonna work out for you i've seen cars slide through intersections a few times and uh yeah it's not fun but uh it is a good time for coffee is there anything um we're kind of in the middle of holiday we're kind of winding down a little bit the holiday rush so i i haven't really played with or done a whole lot coffee wise other than my normal routine the last couple weeks i don't know about you yeah, not really. I've just been, um, I haven't been, been drinking a ton of coffee lately because I've been actually doing more tea, but I, yeah. hot, hot tea for me is a little bit quicker. But when I am drinking coffee, uh, I did buy a box of Onyx's Framily. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a good one. I really like that because it's, it's not the traditional holiday blend that you usually get, which is like a little bit more developed. It's actually not super developed and it tastes um, almost tea-like, which is why I really like it right now. Um, I've been doing it just as a pour over, um, every so often, every couple of days when I, when I get around to it. Yeah. I've been, the one thing that has been kind of cool that is sort of new is, or very new is we have had a Mila 7750 set up in the office. Oh yeah. Yep. And so when I've been in, I've played with that a little bit. That thing is, uh, it's, it's a very wild machine. Mm-hmm. It is a it's a super automatic because you know it's it's classic mila except that it has three different bean hoppers for different beans and like the spout comes down and like contacts your mug to find the proper mug height to eliminate any kind of splashing and then it has like milk craft and steaming features and stuff and it even will auto descale it has like a cartridge in it that has mm-hmm. descaling solution in it so that, that's been fun to mess around with it's uh very expensive machine, but it's also really cool. I like Mila's a lot, so it's been neat to play with their kind of super, super high-end machine uh, when when I've been in, in there. But that's kind of it. I haven't really been exploring too much else because I'm, I'm, I'm been treating coffee as a utilitarian item <laughs> the last couple weeks. Yeah, same, same. But... Um, I thought it would be fun today, since we've been doing kind of more um, 
just gifting focused like idea guides and stuff like that and we talked about holiday roasts last time but i thought it'd be fun to sort of just do a dream setups episode i want to do these with other people who have hosted as well but i figured it would be good to to do one with you and we're just going to go over some of the gear that we would pick out if like budget was no object so this isn't so much a these are the best machines it's just ones that you and i really think are cool and Mm -hmm. and would 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 pick up if we had an unlimited budget to build whatever kind of espresso and coffee setup we wanted yeah absolutely absolutely so i'll start um yeah yeah. if if i'm going for espresso and i want to have the absolute like countertop piece that it is i think um i would certainly go for a gs3 automatic not a manual paddle because admittedly i'm sometimes i'm lazy in the mornings and the manual paddle is a little bit more work um but i find that the gs3 it just feels so good to use because it's basically a commercial machine in a smaller footprint yeah and it's it's easy to dial in in terms of well it's easy to dial in with a with a grinder that you would want to use with it, like a Zenith sixty five or an Atom seventy five or something like that. Um, but I find that the the GS three, it it looks great. The the high standing you know steam wand and hot water uh, wands look really really professional, and it just makes this impression on your countertop. If I even had a countertop big enough uh, to hold it, that would be the first good thing. But um, I Same. think, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's got all the bells and whistles you need without much more, which is kind of perfect in my world. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I, the first time, um, whenever we, whenever you start at SCG in one of our like corporate office roles, you always do a day working in the stores to, mm-hmm. if you're local to here anyway, or local to where we have a store, which is a really good way to get a feel for some product stuff and to get a feel for um, more of our branding and, and to, to get to know people that are working in the stores and everything. So when I did that, the GS three was definitely my, like it was such an eye catcher cause I hadn't seen one before. Um, I had a fair amount of knowledge about different kinds of coffee machines and stuff, but I hadn't seen that specific machine, um, which is a Lamar Zoko, we should say. Um, and I remember being really taken by the way that it looks, it definitely looks like, it has like almost like a sort of nautical, like you would find it on the Titanic or something mm-hmm. like, like you would find it on, on a, a 20th century, um, big stack shipping or sail, sail like, like uh cruise ship or something like that, which is really cool. I think it gives it a really a unique and cool look. Uh, and yeah, it, it functions really well. And the, I like the brew paddle, but I get the automatic because the brew paddle is you really have to by hand, mm-hmm. like slowly control every single shot. And you have to like get muscle memory down to, to do the same shot twice, uh, which can be a challenge. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I would like the manual paddle if I for, you know, every every once in a while, it'd be great. But I think just the pushing of a button for the automatic for me at home would be much preferred well i will we can go back and forth i'll ask more about what your grinder choice would be in a minute but i'll say my espresso machine choice to that point i think i would go with the rocket espresso r91 Mm -hmm. because 
it's kind of to me the best of both worlds because you you have the manual it's not really a paddle but you have the manual like brew bar and it's a little it's a little slower it's not quite as um precise as the gs3 mm-hmm. uh, on the manual paddle on that because it's it's basically recording your movements and then it's sort of um i don't know if it's actually digitally translating them to the pump pressure but it is basically there's like a very 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 slight delay as you move the brew bar across but it's also the reason it does that is because it's saving the way that you moved it so that you can recall the the that paddle and pressure profile later on to do it automatically so it's kind of like you have you only have to do it once and then you can remember it and then push the button and then it'll do it for you again so i think that's why i would probably go with the r91 but otherwise they're very similar the r91 is even bigger like overall than Mm -hmm. the gs3 i want to say so it's harder to find space for it and um it's definitely a little bit more complicated to actually use so i think both of them make a lot of sense depending on what you're looking for but to me the the r91 the reason that i'm that I like it as much as I do and would probably pick it out if I didn't have a limit is because it's, I like the idea of programming in like today I want espresso from a GS three. So I'm going to recreate a pressure profile. You could do on a GS three today. I want espresso from a 1940s commercial machine that I found after looking at forums for four hours to figure out the profile numbers. And I plug those in and that's what I'm going to use today. Uh, I think that's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Um, you know, the pressure profiling is, yeah, it's really great on the R91. It really is. Like, you can basically match any machine that... Um, if you have the numbers for it. You could think of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just need to know what the what it, what it does, which is kind of the hard point, hard, hard part. But that all said, you mentioned a Zenith 65 or 75 for Grindr? Um, an Atom 75. Atom, sorry, Atom, yeah. Yeah, just because the Atom is more designed for the home user, just because it's a little yeah, shorter. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got the short hopper, and it's a little shorter. It's still got those big 75-millimeter burrs, which means it grinds fast, but it's not, like, crazy fast for home use. Because um, some right. grinders, once you're approaching the, you know, $2,000, $2,500 mark for espresso grinders, or just grinders in general, they tend to go quite fast, because some of them might have the 97 millimeter 93 millimeter burrs but the 75 is like right in that perfect range where Mm -hmm. it's grinding fast it's grinding consistently and i like the atom because it is simple to use it's just it's like five buttons and you know manual dosing single double dosing um and some option menus uh and it performs super well it's going to last basically forever with maintenance so you can't go wrong with that no, I'm 100% with you on that one. That would be my choice, too, is the Atom 75, I think, uh, with the short hopper. I think um, the this is one of those, we'll talk more about brew setups in a minute, but partly because I wouldn't want the Atom 75 to be my only grinder, I think. No, um, I wouldn't either. So this is definitely in this dream territory of what if we could have unlimited counter space and unlimited budget, because I think if I were... If I had to pick a grinder to do both, I would probably get a Vario W um, because yeah. the new ones are from Barazza because the new ones are awesome. Um, yeah, but, either a Vario or, a, or a, even a Forte. I mean, if money's no option, a Forte could certainly be a good choice. But the Vario W's, the new ones, those are 
pretty sweet. The, 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 I didn't like the old W's because they had like the the kind of plasticky um, grind adjust arms, mm-hmm. but the new one is really solid. It has a lot more metal construction in it. I don't even think that we actually have them available yet. Um, I don't think so either. They're coming early next year, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, the 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 the, the I would definitely uh, pick up one of those if I had to do a single all-purpose grinder. Mm-hmm. But I really don't like the idea of an all-purpose grinder anyway, personally. So um, I I would in my dream setup I would definitely have an Atom seventy-five to go with the the R nine one. Exactly. Um, exactly. So uh, moving away from espresso, um, slow brewing. Money's no object. You can have as much or as little as you want. You don't. I, I was thinking like you could have technically in our scenario, you could have a mocha pot and a dripper and a Chemex and a kettle and like everything. But also sort of what would you actually have if, if, if money was no object? So if I were to have, you know, a full slow brink setup without going too crazy on yeah that's what i mean like you don't have to name a product for every category because i don't think that's realistic i don't really like stovetop espresso for example so yeah i I probably wouldn't have one that's fair that's fair so i would have a probably like a i'd have a ratio six for a drip brewer okay i find that that is consistent it makes great coffee it makes hot coffee and it it basically never makes a bad pot i'm a big drip fan at home so I would more often do drip than pour over at home. So that would yeah. be my number one. Um, I'd also definitely need a kettle because I use kettles for lots of other things. Um, you know, something like a like a Stag EKG. N- not the Plus. I don't need the features of the Plus. I'd sure. go with just the standard EKG. Um, and pour over wise, mm-hmm. I think I'd be happy with just like a like a ceramic V60. Yeah. I think I don't think there's much more improvement that can be made over like a ceramic V60 with a nice kettle. Sure. Yeah, I like the ratio 6 largely because well, one it looks really cool and the 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 um water reservoir looks really cool when it's brewing because it the water like goes through and it bubbles and everything but that little heat gasket is really Mm -hmm. is is weirdly like the game changer to me around that machine oh yeah um because it just helps with heat retention so much so it means that you get better extraction but then it also means that the coffee is just hot when it comes down into the carafe. So as long as you warm that craft up, craft up with some hot water beforehand, you're getting like super hot coffee that stays really warm. And, and I think, so I think it's definitely a great choice. Um, for sure. For sure. And if I had, if I had a grinder of choice for that, for the slow brew setup, I would actually choose a Vario W. Yeah. I think it's, I think for slow brew, if you're not, if you're doing espresso, great. It does work really well for that. But for slow brew, because you get those, micro adjustments in the same macro adjustment, which can almost fit two brew methods within that whole, you know, macro adjustment. Mm-hmm. It makes it super easy to, to switch back and forth. And yeah, the new one, there's less static. There's basically no retention. It, it works super well for, for slow brew. I think if I were going to pick a brewer, I would still probably go with a technoform. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just because I think one thing that's cool about the sort of higher end drip brewers are, well, actually, 
I'm going to change my answer in a second, but I'm still going to finish this thought. Um, I think of like Technivorm, the Breville Precision Brewer and the Ratio 6 as all kind of being the three. I mean, we put them on our top three lists and stuff like all they're all kind of like the three directions you can go. You've got the ratio that um, really great standard brewer that also has really solid performance and has that heat gasket. So it, that's that's a nice feature If the Technoform, which brews a kind of specific tasting drip mm-hmm. brew. Um, nothing else really tastes precisely like a Technoform. And then you have the Precision Brewer, which gives you all those customization features if that's what you're looking for. Um, I think I would want something more simple than the Precision Brewer for my drip brewing setup because I would rather do that experimentation on the espresso side. Mm-hmm. But I actually think this is, this is not cheating. I swear... I would probably go with a commercial drip brewer if literally money was no object. That's interesting. And I could do whatever I want because some of the commercial drip brewers, and I don't even know exactly which one I would pick, but some of the commercial drip brewers that we've had around in the office and that I've used personally are just my favorite when it comes to the way that they make coffee. The, the kicker is like, I don't need an air pot sized mm-hmm. pot of coffee. So I would probably go with like one of the smaller Curtises or something like that. Um, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's true. Cause we have the one in our office, we have a G four, which is a, it's a one gallon, but we can use a smaller urn because of the custom recipes, the smaller air pot. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sometimes, yeah, sometimes you can make, and actually consistently you can make better coffee or some of the best coffee you've ever had. Yes, some of the best coffee I've ever had has absolutely come out of that that Curtis G4. So I'm I'm a pretty big fan of that, and I think that's where I would lean for my drip coffee, which is a little indulgent and ridiculous, mm-hmm. but still, um, again, that's my kind of going off the rails <laughs> and being a little over the top. I think for a grinder too, I I would want uh, this. This pairs really poorly with a commercial drip brewer, and I'm aware of that. But I think for a grinder, I would want a um, fellow ode because mm-hmm. the features on it are just so they really speak to me, even though they're definitely extravagant and like the magnetized uh, catch bin and the big, the big, huge knob for the adjustment and like the built in little uh, tamping thing that you can use to, to clear the, the retained grounds. All that stuff is not necessarily needed but i like it a lot so i think i would probably go with that for a, a brew grinder that's fair yeah it's it's a, it's a great one for sure yeah the mismatch of size for batches might be a little tough but. yes that's the problem with it with a commercial <laughs> or brewer is uh i don't even know if the hopper is big enough on the o to grind enough beans for something like that but still um and then i, I would i would also do an ekg um, I might go for the plus if I had the option just because I like the idea of saving a bunch of brew bar recipes and mm-hmm. going crazy with it, which, which, I mean, we haven't talked about scales, but I would definitely go with, uh, with, with an Akaya Pearl and a Lunar oh, so yeah. that I would have both of those. Um, and I like the idea of that, like experimentation with the, with pour over. Um, but I'm with you on the dripper choice. I think of E60 is just always going to be the thing i prefer i think that that like kalita wave makes a really good um pour over and so does 
the uh, S Pro Bloom is really cool. It makes really good pour over, but something about the simplicity of the, the V60 is, is kind of where I'm at too. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, I've made so many V60 brews that it's just kind of, it's habit, which it's not like I'm not willing to break that habit, but I certainly find it enjoyable to, because brewing on a Kalita is different than brewing on a V60. It's absolutely, much, yeah. yeah. It's an immersion percolation hybrid on a Kalita versus V60, which is just pure percolation. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it's very easy to brew on a V60 also, which to me, the interesting thing, if I had all the time and money in the world to 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 waste away my time on my pour over, spend an hour on my pour over every morning. The interesting thing to experiment with is the temperature of the water and the, the grind size and stuff like that. And the V60 doesn't really get in the way of that at all. Mm -hmm. uh, because it is so simple. So, and I've also always preferred V60 to Chemex personally. A lot of people like Chemex more, but I'm, I'm more into V60. Me too. Me too. And I think for me, at least it's because I typically drink smaller batches. Whereas Chemex can appeal to someone who wants a larger batch and Chemex has been around for longer too. Um, which is why I find a lot of appeal for, you know, for why some people like Chemex because it's a very classic longstanding brand, but they make good coffee too. I'm not, oh, yeah. I'm not picking on them, but, but for my taste and, and, and reasoning, I would, I would probably do a, a V60 and I would probably see much more use out of the V60 than the Curtis. Um, that's fair. I, it would be more something that I, a Curtis would be something I would use with guests as like, here, check out this coffee. It's going to be the best you'll ever have. And look, I've got a commercial brewer sitting on my counter. Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And from the big reason for me, why Chemexes are, are not something that I use at home. I am very clumsy and a ceramic V60 is much like more likely to survive a fall than a glass Chemex. Well, and also if a ceramic V60 breaks, it's like a $20 That's or whatever. True. Yeah, They're not very expensive and you didn't break a whole, it's less to clean up too. Yeah. Like it, it, it might be like a couple of, of shards and some, and some, some dust basically mm -hmm. versus I have seen a, a Chemex break and it is spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> There's glass going everywhere. Mm -hmm. Admittedly, I, also, I have broken a, a V60 carafe, one of the Hario crafts, and that is very much the same. It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the, the Hario crafts are like that. I also have like this weird. It's so silly because and nobody should follow me. This is the same. It's the same thing we talked about with an AeroPress months ago. I have this weird thing where I like to brew at home my V60s into a ceramic mug rather than into a server. Mm -hmm. And I just have this weird thing with glass servers and glass crafts where I'm always like, what if they're like the, the tempering fails and then some really hot water comes down into the craft and it cracks and it explodes everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. It would never happen. That's not how it works. That's not how <laughs> the chemistry works at all. <laughs> but I've seen enough glasses break when boiling water, like mason jars break from having boiling water poured on them mm -hmm. in like the sink or whatever, that now I'm just terrified of breaking something glass with hot water. I, I, I can feel that. I've seen enough like uh, pirate, you know, oven, dishes yeah those explode too i know it's terrifying when they do too I, yeah. I i i almost like i watched a mason jar kind of crack and then sort of explode 
in the sink once and it scared the crap out of me and I don't ever want to, I don't ever want it to happen when I'm brewing my coffee and it wouldn't, you shouldn't listen to me because it's not how it works. <laughs> Chemexes are designed to have boiling water poured in them. Yeah, absolutely. But, <laughs> but it's an irrational fear that I have that I could eliminate if I just use something ceramic instead. Um, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any other fun, like we just, I mean, those... I'd have all the nice mugs in the world. Yeah. You know, I have all I, the nice, storage options yeah airscapes and i actually really like fellows uh um vacuum sealed yeah uh, container too the atmos yeah um but airscapes are great too so i would i have a couple airscapes for that i use for not for coffee actually i have a big one that i use for for flour um so they're great for that stuff um and then i think i would probably want uh, what was the thing I was just think? Oh, I really like the St. Anthony accessories we recently got mm, in. Yeah, they have really cool. There's they have a distributor, a tamper and a knockbox. And I really like all three of those uh, options. The knockbox like has slots in it for the tamper and the distribution tool. And you can use the knockbox as a tamping station in addition to a knockbox, which so I think I would probably go with that to finish out, round out that sort of set of accessories. Um, that way, because they're they're just they're, they look really nice, but they also are super functional. The the tamper, if you if for people haven't seen, is cool because it has it's looks weird. It looks more like it's just a distribution tool. Doesn't have a handle on it, but you wrote you dial it so that when the edges of the tamper contact the sides of the portafilter and stop the tamping. That's like the appropriate pressure so that you don't actually really have to worry about how much pressure you use that much because you know, as soon as it's stops moving, then that's your tamp. So it takes a little more work to dial it in initially, but mm-hmm. then it's, it's consistent every time. Yeah. Cause unlike there's some other distributors that are like star shaped or hex shaped, but this one's kind of just a straight wedge and it just, it's almost like a snow plow. Not, that's not yeah, they have analogy. that one too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but I know what you mean too. I yeah. meant the tamper, but they have the distributor that you're talking about too. That is a wedge. Uh, and that's, that is, I, Oh, sorry. Yeah. I know what you mean by the tamper. Yeah, absolutely. When I first saw the tamper, I assumed that it was a distribution tool, mm-hmm. but it's actually a tamper. So it's weird. It's definitely weird looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, they have the, the wedge distribution tool, too, which you just kind of stick on and rotate that first. And then you push the tamper in and you got a perfect tamp. And yeah. it all sits in the knockbox and it's very nice looking and uh, expensive. But I think th- their accessories are priced right, in my opinion, um, because they're actually very functional and they work really well. And they do something better than a lot of other alternatives that I've seen. So. I think I would go with those if I had to for if I had the choice of accessories. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, I can't think again. I'm not I'm not that into stovetop or press coffee. Um, So I think that would that would be my my dream setup. R91, Adam 75, a fellow ode v60 ekg plus and a curtis drip brewer and then a kaya scales all around and st anthony accessories to round it out yeah probably like yeah. ten thousand dollars press a setup yeah mine's even more so <laughs> with the gs3 so 
Yeah. Shooting high. Well, uh, I hope everyone enjoyed this chat about dream setups. I'll try to get Ariel, pick Ariel's brain about, about stuff that she would pick for, for her, her, her dream setup at some point as well. Um, I appreciate everybody checking out. I appreciate you for joining me on this episode, Jake. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Pat. Yeah. And uh, we still have some, if you're listening to this, when it comes out, we still have some uh, holiday stuff going on or on the website. Be sure to go check that stuff out uh, for, you know, holiday savings. If you're still gift shopping, there's still a little bit of time. Shipping is crazy this year, but um, we still think that you can get some stuff before holidays if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out. Um, but, you know, it's uh, always a roll of the dice this time of year so i would do your shopping as soon as you can um if you have any questions you'd like to hear around the podcast you can drop us a line at questions at seattlecoffeegear.com if you enjoyed this episode be sure to let us know in a review on your podcast platform of choice and tell a friend about the show uh and like i said for all your coffee news be sure to check out seattlecoffeegear.com and head over to our blog and youtube for more educational and informative content about all things coffee we will see you next episode thanks